Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Most interesting for health and fitness pros, we've turned the lessons learned coaching over 200,000 clients into a complete nutrition and health coaching system called the Precision Nutrition Certification. It's the industry's most recognized career-changing coaching system anywhere. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will coach you on growing your business, helping more people, and becoming a better coach. We'll help you become more than a personal trainer, strength coach, or nutritionist. We'll help you become the complete fitness professional. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, 12 Awful Fitness Coaching Techniques That Could Be Hurting Your Clients, Plus Ways to Turn Awful Coaching Into Awesome Coaching, by Krista Scott Dixon. Is your coaching style helping or hurting clients? It's worth exploring, because when your go-to fitness coaching techniques kill progress, it's time to explore some different methods. Here's what Krista has to tell us. Hey, lazy, what's that in your hand? A donut? Typical. Get off your butt. Let's see some push-ups, you pathetic, unmotivated blob of goo. Sound familiar? Well, if you've been hanging around fitness media lately, it might be. (coughs) Biggest loser. (coughs) Fitspiration. The idea here is that pointing out how much people suck is motivating. That we can convince people of the awfulness of their current lifestyle. That what they eat how they move or don't, and what they look like is all wrong, and they'll finally get the memo and change. Just one problem, aside from the fact that it's kind of a bummer for all involved. That approach doesn't work. At Precision Nutrition, we call this method awfulness-based coaching. This style of fitness coaching focuses on fixing a client's weaknesses and flaws. For most people, it's demoralizing and demotivating. Unfortunately, because it's so ingrained, many coaches have already been schooled in this method. You can be a good trainer and still have adopted at least one or two of these tactics without even realizing it. But that's okay. Some simple swaps are all that's needed to turn your fitness coaching process from awfulness-based to awesomeness-based. Keep listening to learn how. Awfulness-based coaching. What not to do. If you want to kill client progress, try some of these classic awfulness-based techniques. Number one, don't involve clients in their own progress. Make it top-down. You're the boss, not them. They do what you say. Be coercive and controlling. Next to you, Machiavelli looks like Barney the Dinosaur. Number two, make their progress, or lack of it, about you. View any lack of progress as a personal affront. How could they hurt you like this? Now you're not going to win coach of the month. Plus, they're making your business look bad. Maybe you should fire them. Number three, use a one-size-fits-all approach. If pursuing a universal mathematical standard of perfection was good enough for the ancient Greeks, it's good enough for you. Whether it's an 82-year-old grandparent or an 18-year-old gridiron god, it's all the same client. Wait, what was their name again? Number four, be outcome-focused. The end justifies all means. You want performance, damn it! Let them figure out how to get there. 
dangle rewards in front of them at the outset, shift their focus to getting that reward instead of mastering the skills or understanding the process they need to get there. Number five, especially focus on outcomes they can't control. Berate them if their numbers don't add up. Even better, post their skin folds publicly. Peer pressure worked in high school after all. Number six, make sure that they feel pain if they don't deliver. Avoiding pain is a fundamental animal drive. Marathon sets of burpees, verbal abuse, or humiliation in front of the popular kids. As the Spanish inquisitors knew, the choices for pain are endless. Number seven, reward people for things they should already do. Salute them for showing up on time. Throw them a treat for not complaining. Give them a discount if they eat a green vegetable. Tie behavior to rewards, so they'll keep jumping through hoops. Especially give them rewards they really, really want. Then they'll feel extra sad if they don't get them. Number eight, pump up the volume. Just like you should speak louder and slower at someone who doesn't understand English, you should make yelling part of your repertoire. Maybe the client didn't get the message. Belt it out. They'll know you mean business, sergeant. Number nine, put the pressure on. Let them know you have high expectations, real high. Shove them out of their comfort zone hard and explain to them what's at stake here. Everything. People learn and perform best when they have fire under their ass, especially if that fire is a raging napalm inferno full of angry, flaming killer bees. Number 10. Rush. No time to waste. Set deadlines. Clock is ticking. Go, go, go. And number 11. Make it a competition. As legendary football coach Vince Lombardi said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Pit your clients against one another in your version of the Hunger Games. Loser has to walk through the gym in their underwear. And lastly, number 12, use your approval as a bargaining tool. If clients don't do well, make a frowny face and let them know you're taking away your love and acceptance. Sigh deeply and painfully during weigh-ins. Threaten to dump them if they binge again. And if clients please you, shower them with adoration. But make sure it's clear, you could be displeased again at any moment. By now it should be pretty obvious why these are things not to do. If you're still not convinced, imagine someone using these tactics on your 5-year-old child's Little League team. Try these awfulness-based methods and you'll probably end up with clients who are more anxious, stressed, and overwhelmed than ever. Any results acquired in such a program will probably be short-lived. Chances are your client will never want to set foot in another gym, let alone call you again. But what if those are the only tactics you've been taught? If this stuff doesn't work, what does? Awesomeness-based coaching. The better way. Try some of these techniques instead. Number one, involve client in their own progress. Understand that each client is on their own unique journey. You are the navigator, not the ship's captain. Number two, understand your client. What do they want? What do they need? What truly matters to them? Who are they as individuals? What's their story? Why is fitness and nutrition a meaningful project for them? Number three, share the joys, but detach emotionally from the lows. Their lack of progress doesn't make you a bad coach. Make any necessary changes to your process and plan without taking it personally. Number four, be process focused. Look for evidence that clients are building skills and doing the daily actions that truly matter. Focus them on outcomes, especially daily behaviors, that they can control. Number five, keep it simple, one thing at a time. 
don't overwhelm them. Number six, set clear expectations. Look to the client to set the pace, even if it seems excruciatingly slow. Push them a little bit when they need to be pushed, but not too far. Number seven, avoid competition unless it's friendly and without consequence, and you're sure the client will truly enjoy it. Instead, focus on helping your client exceed their own limits and become their best self. Number eight, respect and accept them unconditionally. Show them that you're with them for the long haul. Meet them where they are, giving them their dignity. And lastly, number nine, identify and build on strengths. What is your client already good at? What are they already doing well? What do they already enjoy? How can you simply do more of that? Call out victories, successes, and progress wherever you see them, no matter how small those things are. Now, warning, this is the stuff that's going to make you feel like a super coach. You'll get such good results, you might have trouble finding the time to schedule all your clients. Seriously though, this stuff works and it gets results. But because we've been conditioned to think that workouts need to be scary, do-or-die situations, this style can almost feel too easy. Because it's friendly and accommodating, and most importantly because it supports a steady, step-by-step process towards skill development, it feels magical. Your clients will think you're a miracle worker, and you might just agree with them. So here's what to do next. First, recall your own experience. Have you ever had a teacher or coach who gave you the awfulness-based treatment? How did that style of instruction work for you? How did it feel? What about a teacher or coach who believed in you? encouraged you, and involved you in your own progress. How did that feel? Next, review the what not to do section of our article. Think about your coaching approach. Do you ever rely on any of these techniques? Don't worry, no one's judging. Just reflect a little and look for similarities in your own style. Here's a hint. Two of the most common sneaky ones are trying to convince people and spending a lot of time on fixing flaws. All right, next. Notice your own discomfort. You'll probably think that some of these awesomeness-based techniques are too woo-woo or touchy-feely. You probably think that focusing too much on what's already working or client strengths may be ignoring problems. Give it a try anyway. See what happens. And next, analyze your own success. If you're a fan of awfulness-based coaching, ask yourself how well it's working for you to always feel you have to motivate sluggish clients or like you're always fixing problems, or convincing your clients to change, or like everyone else is an idiot but you. Next, review the Better Way section of today's article. Is there a technique or two you'd like to try? Next time you're with a client, try swapping out one of those awfulness-based techniques for an awesome one. And lastly, observe. See what happens. How does your client respond to the awesome technique compared to the awfulness-based one? All right, everyone, that's it for today's article, 12 Awful Fitness Coaching Techniques That Could Be Hurting Your Clients, Plus Ways to Turn Awful Coaching Into Awesome Coaching by Krista Scott Dixon. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash fitness dash coaching dash techniques. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources, come visit us on the web 
at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.